0: On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail.
1: Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights,
0: Mark Walters.
2: Walters. Walters.
0: And welcome in, Armed American Radio Ranch. This is beautiful. I love We switched the studios up. Car Firearms Group Studios today on the powerful Platinum Sig Sauer microphone. And it's all being brought to us today and every day by the great X-Insurance. Welcome in. A lot to cover for three hours today. It's never enough time. So we're going to get this party started. I have a great lineup for you today. Mr. Alan Gottlieb will be here. Sheriff Kurt Hoffman from Sarasota County, Florida. The sitting sheriff will be here. We all know what he wants to talk about, I'm sure. Dr. John Lott is going to update some new information for us. We'll be speaking with California Republican congressional candidate Craig DeLuz. He'll be here for a half hour, and we've got a classic Armed American Radio roundtable. Greg, over in Dallas, please tell people where they can participate in the chat, because we do pay attention to that during the show.
3: Yeah, sure. Real quick, just head on over to your app store. Grab the Telegram messaging app,
0: create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. And that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. My dear friend, how are you today, Alan?
3: I'm fine, Mark. It's been a busy weekend. Next week
0: is going to even be busier. And we're going to talk about why it was a busy weekend, why it's going to be busier next week, because I know the answers to those questions. Let's start again with the New Mexico governor. I'm going to take you back to the 12th of September. Be you sued. SAF sued the the uh, New Mexico governor, Lujan Grisham, over the emergency carry ban. There was a ruling from a judge there. Tell us about that suit, how many others sued and where this is going now, if anywhere.
3: Well, it's been interesting on that the judge, of course, federal judge immediately issued a temporary restraining order. Uh, rightly so and quickly, which is really good because sometimes we get stalled, uh, so that the order from the governor cannot be enforced, which basically takes away both open carry and concealed carry. Uh, in Albuquerque and, and the neighboring county. Uh, and so that's that's now not in effect, and we also moved for a permanent injunction against it, which we'll have a hearing coming up uh, in, in a couple of weeks on, uh, and then uh, hopefully that will put it to bed. In the interim, though, the governor realizes she's in big trouble, and so what she's done is a couple things. Uh, one, she's basically uh, got sold out by her Democratic state attorney general and by Democratic sheriffs in the state, won't, won't, none not of which will enforce her, her order. Uh, and so it forced her to then scale back her order to only make it apply to playgrounds and public parks which also shows how stupid she is because Albuquerque has had <laughs> an ordinance against carrying in, you know, all the public parks and, you know, and playgrounds, which is also being challenged in court and moving up the chain. And she didn't even know that was the case when she put this executive order in to begin with. But she thinks it might get her off the hook because now she's limited the scope of where you can carry a bit. And it's all the sensitive places garbage. Uh, and she's going to lose on that anyway because courts have already ruled that parks and, you know, Playgrounds, if you're licensed to carry or open carry is legal, uh, they can't stop you from carrying. So this is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, she keeps trying to figure out now how to get out of this mess. And uh, Even people like David Hogg, you know, the gun control activist came out and said it was unconstitutional. Uh, but I guess she listened to the anti-gun rights group in her state that's allied with, you know, Bloomberg's people and the Brady Center and everybody else to try and put this put this through. It's just listen to the wrong gun prohibitions, I guess, because they're so extreme that it isn't going to sell. And Democrats all across the country, other politicians from coast to coast have had to back away from it because they're all worried they're going to lose in court and give the gun rights lobby a big victory, which is what's going to happen, of course. Uh, So we had a great week, and it's going to continue. She's the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Isn't she, though, Alan? And I was chuckling when I was listening to you because I had a feeling you were going to mention the Albuquerque mayor, who reminded her when you just reminded listeners, and I'm going to go one step further, ladies and gentlemen, to expand on one thing Alan said about the the ban that she supposedly enacted in parks, et cetera. Uh, that's been in place. The governor was reminded by the mayor of Albuquerque for three years already. The government, governor had no clue, and it is already in court. So, I mean, Alan, how does
3: how does a governor not know that? I'm just curious. Well, uh, I don't know what kind of psychedelic drug she's taking, Mark, so I really can't respond.
0: <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Ladies and gentlemen, you can make up your own mind, but the New Mexico, is, as Alan said, has been the gift that has just kept on giving all week long. It has been remarkable. Let's move over to California now, because we can. The Second Amendment Foundation sued California over the Sensitive Places legislation. Now. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I want to point out the new SAF website is up. It looks dynamite. Make sure to check out SAF.org, and we're going to remind you there's still time for you to register over there for the Gun Rights Policy Conference. So if you're interested in being there next week in, in uh, Phoenix, you can do that. But, Alan, I'm, I'm kind of moving up the list here with you. How many lawsuits are there going on in California now? And tell us about the Sensitive Places legislation suit that SAF just recently filed.
3: Well, I think SAF alone has like 17 to 19 cases. Uh, I don't know the wow. exact number in California alone between suing the state and various local jurisdictions. Uh, it's almost half of the total legis- legislation, well, maybe 40% of what we have going on nationwide is, is in California because again, they don't know how to say no to gun bans. Um, and so, yeah, we filed suit this week on that as well. Uh, but we also had a nice victory in California uh, this past week, uh, and that was uh, over our suit on their advertising ban for anybody who advertises firearms or ammunition or in a way that, quote-unquote, might entice or interest a minor. Uh, you know, So even if it was teaching them gun safety, you couldn't do that. Uh, as a result, of a number of publications, including shooting publications, had had it pulled out of the California marketplace, uh, and not 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 and had their First Amendment rights, you know, trampled on. Uh, we filed a suit on that one. The lower court judge didn't rule our way. Uh, it went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, who ruled 3-0 unanimously that it infringes on our First Amendment rights uh, to exercise our Second Amendment. And as a result, right now, it kicked it back down to the lower court to, quote-unquote, uh, take in the light of the Bruin decision to issue the correct ruling at the lower court. So that, we had a very big victory in California because the case is still going on, um, but we know we're going to win it.
0: Now, again, we're talking about the Ninth Circus out there, Alan. And a three-judge panel. We've seen three-judge panels before. Does this wind up and bonk panel to a liberal Ninth Circuit that eventually flips this back? I, we've, we, you know, we, we have no faith in the Ninth Circuit out there. What do you think eventually happens here?
3: Well, again, it's all you know, you know, just you know, off the top of my head, my own feelings on it. There's nothing factual here, uh, but it's a good chance this case won't go in bonk. That they're gonna. I think there could be enough anti-gun. Uh, mm. judges that care more about the First Amendment and this ah. case, of course, could apply to other things besides guns. While this legislation only applies to guns, uh, that, that it would set a precedent that would apply to other kinds of advertising as well, uh, and freedom of speech issues. And so I, I can't say it's a slam dunk that's going to go in bonk. If, and if it goes in bonk, I think we have a better chance of winning this one win in bonk anyway. So the
0: First Amendment here... I, I'm going to try to find the way to articulate this, because, ladies and gentlemen, we've, we talk about this a lot, but the First Amendment, Second Amendment, all the amendments, they, they go hand in hand. They work together. And this is a new area for Second Amendment Foundation. This is not the first First Amendment case that SAF has gotten involved in,
3: correct? Oh, no, we've, we've done many of these. Uh, you know, when they infringe on your First Amendment to exercise right. your Second Amendment rights, you know we jump in on it just as much because it involves gun owners and gun ownership.
0: Yes. Well, I find I find your response interesting because I I hadn't really looked at it that way relative to the expansion of first. The court is going to look at this and say, hey, while this might be about guns, it also and I, you correct me if I'm wrong, if my assessment is right. But it will it would expand to any other publication or it could. And that's what you think is probably going to be the driving force and why it may not go en banc.
3: Well, yeah, you now have a nice court of appeals three-zero decision saying that it infringes on First Amendment rights if you substituted, you know, cars or right, right. you know, you know, or something else uh, for for guns in the language, uh, you know, like you know, minors can't drive cars, so to speak. Uh, and so, if you advertise a car in a minus or a car ad, oh, I want to buy that car one day, uh, you know, the, you, you couldn't say that uh, the, the, you know the, the law is unconstitutional. It's so the same thing with the guns. If, if a minor picks up a gun magazine and she's a gun ad uh, in, in the magazine, uh, you know, you could be held liable for it if they want to buy a gun in the future. This is absurd. And the, court, the appeals court notes is absurd, and so does the American public. Agreed. Alan Gottlieb,
0: founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. We've got one more segment with Alan, and we're going to talk to him about Department of Justice intervention in New Mexico. Could that really be possible in this current administration? I'm not so sure about that. We'll be right back.
5: It's well known that we live in a world where even good police officers can become targets for frivolous lawsuits. At X Insurance, we provide liability insurance for police officers to eliminate your exposure and to protect you. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com.
6: Daniel Defense, firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion,
0: precision. Freedom, passion, and precision. That does represent Daniel Defense. Make sure to visit DanielDefense.com. Great partner of Armed American Radio. Get on their email list. It's not going You're not going to get beat up and spammed or any of that stuff. You're going to get about two emails a month, and they are great. They're fun to get. You'll want to take time out of your day and go, ooh, I got the Daniel Defense email today. I want to read it when I get home, when I have some time. So check Daniel Defense out over it. Get on that email list. You can also visit and support the foundation.org as well, who are supporting youth and children coming up behind us, guys. And we need to do that. But shooters all over the country. They're also under attack by the Biden administration, pulling out hunting safety and archery, et cetera, funding for schools. I, so support these organizations. They make a huge, huge difference. Welcome back to The Ranch. Car Firearms Group Studios lit up. Sig Sour Mike. It's all brought to you by X Insurance. Let's go back to the great Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. Alan, uh, first, before I go back to two things with New Mexico, I have a, a couple of questions I want to ask you about that I think my, my listeners might find interesting here. But let's talk briefly about the gun rights policy conference, which is coming up. You said it's going to be a busy week next week. It certainly is. We'll all be converging on Phoenix. Tell us what's going on and what the lineup looks like in the days and where people can get involved and, and meet you out there.
3: Well, starting Friday evening, the 22nd, through the Sunday, the 24th, gun rights policy conference in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, at the Airport Marriott Hotel. And quite a schedule. I mean, the speakers. I mean, Masad uh Tom Taylor from sig uh, a lot of attorneys who are handling all these great cases. Uh, Tom Gresham, you going to be there speaking? Uh, we've got you know just you know lots of important lots of bloggers like Stephen Korea. Uh, I mean, I'm missing a lot of names. I don't have time to give you all the names. Everybody's going to be there. But uh, Lee Williams, the gun writer, of course, is going to be speaking as well. Uh, lots of state leaders from the state various groups and national groups are going to be speaking. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like a, uh, over 60, 70 speakers. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's also going to be, for those of your listeners who can't make it in person, live streamed on the SAF Facebook page and on YouTube. Uh, you can just you put in uh Gun Rights Policy Conference 2023, and it'll be there live on, on, on uh, YouTube as well as Facebook and a number of other gun rights websites are, and gun, gun blogs are going to have links to it. So you can go to those places as well live and get it. Uh, it, it. It's the gun rights event of the year. You know, I guess let me say it this way. uh um, uh, the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep More and the Second Amendment Foundation are two sp- main sponsors. The Citizens Committee has been around 51 years, and the Foundation has been around 49 years. Together, that's 100 years of gun rights activism that, quote unquote, I, I've been engaged in with the two organizations. Uh, they've become institutions for gun rights, and now the Gun Rights Policy Conference in its 38th year when I came up with the concept to do this, I never expected it to be around 38 years later. It's yeah. become an institution in itself as well. Uh, anybody who cares about guns and gun ownership and gun rights and self-defense, this is a place you really need to be plugged into, either live in person, which is great because you get all the networking and the you know, and, and meeting of all the key players, uh, or uh, watching it li- on live streams on the Internet. And again, if you want to register, there's still seats available. I uh, they're going to be filling up kind of fast because we, we get a lot, of, a lot of people coming in at the last minute and the last week. But saf.org, the conference is free. Uh, you'll walk away with about at least a dozen books for your gun rights library, uh, absolutely free. Uh, so saf.org, and I'd love to meet and talk with all your listeners out, you know, out there uh, in gun rights land at the Gun Rights Policy Conference, Phoenix, Arizona, this weekend.
0: Yeah, if you want to talk guns, ladies and gentlemen, this is the place to be. And I promise we're all really nice. We're all really approachable. And it's a, it's a lot of fun to meet with everybody that comes out to the GRPC every year. It's, it's a staple. It's, it's been a, a part of my family deal for many years now. Uh, the gun rights policy conference, SAF.org. Come out and say hello and listen to some of these great speakers and see what direction the fight for our right to bear arms is going to be taking into the future. That, that information is all that the attorneys are really fun. To watch and listen to as they talk and take deeper dives into some of these cases. Alan, before I go to the to uh, uh, you, the SAF, supporting the senators that are seeking DOJ intervention in New Mexico right now because of Grisham's actions. I wrote this down during the break. I was just kind of going over some of what you said and I was taking some notes. But what lessons, if any, do you think have been learned by either the governor of New Mexico, a Democrat, the Democrat Party as a whole? And the gun grabber organizations, if any, what, what what's the takeaway here? What do you think they've learned?
3: Uh, I think they've learned when they push the envelope and move to, to institute unconstitutional mandates on gun ownership, uh, they put they, they fumble the football and let us have go, go on offense. When we get to go on offense, we usually score points. Uh, I think they figured that out, but that doesn't mean that they they can't believe their own rhetoric and they, they're so anti gun rights that they aren't going to double and triple down. Uh, so I expect that to continue. I don't see any real changes, uh, but uh, I love it when they're the gift that keeps on giving and uh, gives us the football back to score points with.
0: They they didn't win any media points here. I, I, the media coverage of this I don't think was what the governor expected, and I've seen a number of CNN clips from pundits that didn't seem to want to tackle this issue from a gun control angle because it was kept it, it was so blatantly unconstitutional did you pick that up as well I found that fascinating from the media.
3: Well, I did pick it up, but I'm not sure that reasoning is because they didn't want to push unconstitutional laws. I think what the problem is, is they have is that they're so concerned that, that the courts are going to rule it as unconstitutional and give us victories that right. they don't want to attach their wagon to it. It, it hurts their credibility. Uh, on the other hand, you know, if we were in a vacuum where groups like SAF weren't around to file these kinds of suits, I think they'd all be pushing it.
0: Oh, there's no question about that. God bless Second Amendment Foundation, all of of us that sued. And I'm, I'm members of most of the organizations that sued. All right, so we have some senators, six U.S. senators to be exact, asking for Attorney General Merrick Garland and the DOJ to, and I quote, act swiftly and take legal action against New Mexico Governor Lujan Grisham's unconstitutional edict suspending Second Amendment rights in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County. Any possibility that that happens?
3: I really doubt it. You know, uh, one thing that's always bothered me is when it comes to their you know, civil and constitutional rights enforcement, when states infringe on people's rights, that's for the Justice Department is supposed to be spending their budget and, and, and defending our freedoms. And Democrats just don't do that. Uh, it just it just doesn't happen. Uh, they, you know, if it weren't for groups like the Second Amendment Foundation, these laws wouldn't be challenged. We shouldn't have to be challenging these laws. The federal government should be coming in and telling the states you don't have a legal authority to do this under the federal constitution. You can't take people's enumerated rights away that are you know enumerated in the Bill of Rights. Uh, when Democrats are in control, they just don't do this. And so it really, really bothers me. And I'm so glad these six senators said to the Justice Department, uh, you know, you, you need to jump in here. One thing that's important is the Senate does control the purse strings you know, of the Justice Department. And so, you know, they, they have to give them some lip service at least. But really, you know, it really, I shouldn't be having them going out and raising the money to file these lawsuits. Our tax dollars at the Justice Department should be defending our rights with them. But under the Biden administration, that isn't going to happen
0: absolutely well i covered the show ladies and gentlemen if you want to go back we're running out of time with mr gottlieb alan thank you for being here as always and giving us your insight and wit and wisdom ladies and gentlemen come out and meet mr gottlieb and myself and many others in phoenix this coming weekend visit saf.org sign up hop an airplane grab a room their cut rates and come out and shake our paws and say hello and and learn learn what's getting ready to happen and hear from alan himself thank you alan for being here when we come back Sarasota County, Florida, sitting sheriff, Kurt Hoffman, will be here. Don't go away.
6: reason on kqam wichita's big talker and you're tuned into the armed american radio network now let's get back to the man himself mark walters
0: indeed welcome back inside armed american radio ranches car firearms group studios here on the six hour powerful and very powerful microphone hundreds of radio stations wnjd new jersey cape may atlantic city welcome in great to have you with us live and many others around the nation as well from coast to coast great to be here with you it's all being brought to you by x Insurance. Please go out of your way to visit all of our partners at armedamericanradio.com. We couldn't be here now in our 15th year without all of our great partners and our newest cutting-edge firewood. We've been using it here at the ranch for years, and this is the time of year here. Greg in Dallas, real quick before we go to the sheriff, 78 is going to be the high tomorrow, 52 the low. This is perfect cutting-edge firewood weather, brother. Absolutely. Sounds like Ooh, a great I know night. you're screaming for some of that weather, too. Sunshine and beautiful, and it wasn't like that this weekend because what gave us that cool air made it a little rainy. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a great week. Make sure to check out all of our partners, please. They make it all possible. Support them all. It's really easy to do. Sheriff Kurt Hoffman, Sarasota County, Florida sheriff kurt hoffman to be exact sheriff i have been looking forward to this conversation with you for the last week (laughs) and i have a feeling you kind of feel the same way because i know where you want to go with this right how are you and welcome in my friend
2: i'm doing fabulous mark it's good to be with you listen i like nothing more than talking to your listeners and talking to you but i cannot believe we're back again with another numbskull politician uh, out in New Mexico who thinks that they can just arbitrarily, with the stroke of a pen, uh, take away our Second Amendment rights. And you saw what happened. I mean, uh, sheriffs, uh, the the Democratic uh, AG in New Mexico, even the chief of police of uh, Albuquerque uh, came out against this. So um, I just can't believe we're having the conversation again.
0: Well, first off, using the word numskull. thanks for being mind, fi- mindful of Foxtrot Charlie Charlie and the language, because <laughs> numbskull is a really soft word to use. I, You know, I, yeah, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, you and I, we texted back and forth. Now, I, I, I think it's important to point out that you met and you know Sheriff Allen from Albuquerque. Do you not?
2: I do, I do. So John and I just spent a week together in uh, Quantico, uh Uh, Basically, uh, a bunch of new sheriffs came together to try to solve the world's problems there in Quantico. And John is a first-term sheriff like myself, uh, a a Democrat. Uh, I'm a Republican, and we agree on a lot of things. The Second Amendment is one of them. Uh, What fentanyl is doing to our country, we talked a lot about that. Uh, And we talked about, you know, protecting all of our citizens and trying to reduce crime. He's trying to do his level best there. Uh, And this uh, policy of, of Governor Grisham... Does the opposite of that? It takes away the ability for folks in Albuquerque and in his county uh, to be able to defend themselves. It's uh, it's ludicrous, and I'm proud of John. He came out strong, had a press conference. I saw it here in Florida. Uh, boy, I called boy, him right. and told him I was proud of him.
0: I, I'm just curious, how did he react to that? Because that was forceful and it was swift. And that both of both the forceful statement itself from the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Allen, in, in Albuquerque. And the swiftness of the statement, I think, sent a very, very powerful message to the governor, who apparently either didn't get it or just didn't want to acknowledge publicly. Right. But when you thanked him, what did he say?
2: Well, he he appreciates that uh, you know his citizens recognize that he's he's a sheriff who's going to protect their constitutional rights. And we had a discussion uh, when we were in Quantico. We had we had sheriffs uh, from Seattle, from uh, you know Illinois, from Massachusetts, from Florida, uh, and other places. So not everybody was in. Uh, agreement with that, uh, as you could imagine, with the whole across the political spectrum. Uh, But John and I got to spend some time together, and uh, I can tell you he is a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment. And and frankly, when, when Grissom made that uh, when she made that public health order, which we can talk about in a minute, public health yeah. order, for crying out loud, to try to uh, take away, you know, something that's enshrined in the Bill of Rights, John was the first one out there. When you turned your TV on, he was the one on the 6 o'clock news, probably saw him on Fox. I didn't see anybody else come out uh, as soon and as forcefully as John did. And uh, having spent some time with him, I- I'm not the least bit surprised.
0: Did, or maybe you have heard, I, I asked the question during the weekday shows. We spent, obviously, for obvious reasons, spent a lot of time discussing this, because it, it changed every day. There was new information coming out. It was more forceful. It's what people were saying and what many people who should have been saying things, like Merrick Garland and the DOJ, didn't, and all that. So I am in complete agreement with you on all of it. Now, you mention several blue states, sheriffs state police. Let's go to the state police for just a second. Obviously, there's going to be some disagreement with some across the political spectrum, as you mentioned. But have you heard anything from the state police, is there a statement out there? Because they were they were the ones in charge, according to the governor's order of enforcing this. And I don't recall yet. And I could be wrong, seeing any statement from the
2: state police. Did they even get involved? Do you know? Well, here's the statement that the the state police made, and they made it by their inaction. Uh, You know, as of today, there has not been one single citation, which has up to a $5,000 fine assigned to a violation of her public order. Uh, They've not issued one single citation for that. So I think the state police have their uh, method to be able to not, uh, you know, enforce that and show that they don't agree uh, with their governor. There's not been one single citizen uh, as you would hope uh, that right. there would would not be any citizens cited. So, but again, a $5,000 fine against citizens who are exercising their Second Amendment rights. And she admits that they have one of the highest crime rates, you know, there in Albuquerque. They're what, two, 250, 300 miles from the Mexican border. She just needs to right. look to the south, you know, where your drug crimes and, and your cartels and your gangs and things like that. In Albuquerque, it's not the mom and dad that are going to the grocery or for crying out loud. Somebody who drives a taxi in Albuquerque, because the, the, remember the rationale on this market it was in the, quote, threshold high crime areas. So they circled the entire city limits of Albuquerque, if you look at the maps that were put out. Now, you can't tell me that there's not one zip code or not one neighborhood in Albuquerque that's not had any uh, significant violent crime. And yet they're still included It's just in what, you know, we call in constitutional law, you know, the overbreadth uh, of the of what the order that she's put out um, is, you know, impinging on the rights of citizens who are not doing anything but trying to protect themselves in a city uh, that has a fair amount of violence. Yeah, you know, I would have
0: liked to I agree with you on your statement on the state police. However, I would have liked to have seen them say something. And and I'm, I'm curious. That begs the question in my mind. Had Sheriff Allen or the district attorney in Albuquerque, or the state AG, Democrats all not said something would the state police have tried to or attempted to enforce this, and by their inaction to do it, you know, their inaction and they didn't, says something. But boy, I'll tell you what, I'd like to know from them the same thing I heard from those three. Wouldn't that have made you feel a little bit more comfortable? Maybe it's just me.
2: It would have marked, but I can tell you that, you know, you know, Governor Grisham's signature is on their paycheck, right? So, I mean, imagine the position that they're in. Um, And that she is their boss. She is the chief executive of the state of New Mexico. And and, uh, under her authority is the state police. But I I think they they essentially spoke with their uh, inaction. Now, I'm sure there were some private conversations where she told, uh, you know, the superintendent of the state police that this would be enforced. But obviously you can see that it hasn't. I'll add one more Democrat to this. Uh, to this mix. Judge David uh, Urias, who was appointed by Biden, has now put a hold on this. And I think there's a hearing scheduled for the first week of uh, October. But uh, I mean, you've got a Democrat sheriff. You know, you've got a I'm sure that Albuquerque is is primarily Democrat. Uh, You've got uh, a judge who has gone in there and blocked this. She's just completely out of her league. This is somebody who doesn't uh, have people around her to be able to counsel her and give her sound advice. What you wanna know is who are the top 100 or 200 criminals operating in albuquerque those are the kind of the conversations that john and i had when we were at the school in quantico about different ways of going after the folks in our community that are doing the harm and not uh infringing on the rights of citizens and over policing our communities we should be going after the bad guys you know know, john made that statement he made that statement
0: He he made it pretty firm and sheriff when we come back let's go into that let's take a dive into that a little bit and i also want to talk about the public health order that you mentioned as well and enforcement of such etc we're talking with Sarasota County Florida Sheriff Kurt Hoffman we'll be right back with Kurt don't go away
5: and yeah. you As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers.
1: Mike Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment.
0: And I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters. Yeah, The great Mike Gallagher, the Mike Gallagher Show, Salem, every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern to noon. You can listen to Mike Gallagher. We appreciate the rejoin and the shout from Mike and the Desperado Sport Fish crew and all of our partners. Visit them all at armedamericanradio.com. Mark Walters in front of the Sig Sauer microphone, powerful microphone, hundreds of radio stations tuned in across the nation right now. It's all being presented by X-Insurance and we are in the AAR Ranch, Car Firearms Group Studios, continuing the conversation with Sarasota County, Florida Sheriff Kurt Hoffman. Sheriff, let me go back to the public health order here first. You wanted to talk about that and I want you to explain if you could, your responsibilities And what she did or tried to do and why the response from Sheriff Allen was as severe and swift as it was. Explain the details there of that order. If you got an order like that, what's your responsibility?
2: Well, I'm sure your listeners know, Mark, but here here in Florida, obviously, the the sheriff is a constitutional officer, as they are uh, in New Mexico. So. Uh, sheriffs are that you know that line that stands between politicians like this and, and our citizens, and uh, willing to you know not enforce these type of orders. Anytime you've got a constitutional deprivation. Um, by way of a public health order, I mean, this is not the measles, this is not tuberculosis, this is not some kind of a outbreak. She's using a public health order New Mexico statute uh, to be able to blanketly uh, take the entire city limits of Albuquerque uh, and say that folks are not uh, allowed to either open carry or carry uh, concealed. So obviously if we had an order like that, first of all, I don't think that would happen in uh, the great state of Florida with uh, the the politicians that we have down here right now. But if it did, it would be the sheriffs that would have to stand in the breach and make sure this kind of stuff uh, is not imposed upon uh, the electorate for sure. So, I, well, I know because you got,
0: you got letters from uh, the Brady campaign asking you to infringe on your, on your constituents' constitutional rights. And they wanted to come in and talk with you. And you made some news on that when you forcefully said not going to happen. And we applaud you for that. In fact, we had you on the show shortly after that to talk about it. Thank you again for that. But, yeah. so, so John knew this. Okay. Let me move to the media now. Media coverage of this fascinated me for a number of different reasons. Alan Gottlieb and I were just talking about this. And Alan's of the mindset. Well, you know, they would have talked about it in a a gun control way, but they knew they were going to lose on this. So they didn't want to make themselves look stupid and harm their agenda any further. So they remained silent. Were you shocked at all by some of the media's questions regarding the constitutionality of this and staying away from gun control as they did?
2: Well, they, they, they kind of pivoted and started, you know, using the, the generic term. Well, this will start a, quote, you know, uh, public debate about, you know, how to make New Mexico safer. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. Disarming citizens should not be the first thing that you do uh, to try to make your state safer. So they did kind of pivot on that and try to, you know, talk about the big picture and say this is what she was trying to do. You know, also, there was a second uh executive order that she issued Now i don't know if your listeners were aware of that but she also declared i think a couple of days later Uh, illegal drugs are now a public health emergency. That was the second executive order that she issued. So uh, clearly, you know, nothing that she's done so far is going to help make New Mexico safer. You're depriving your citizens of their constitutional rights. And you stated the blatantly obvious, Governor, uh, illegal drugs are a public health emergency. Exactly. Well, why don't you go after them? Or why don't you get your party uh, again to close that Mexican border that's 300 miles to the south of you? Uh, and maybe your citizens wouldn't be dying uh, in, in record numbers. So all of this, I don't think that the media. You're right, Mark. They could not spin this in some kind of you know guns are bad and people are dying uh, um, because these are criminals that are committing these crimes in, in right. Mexico. At least the ones that she uh, you know proselytized uh, in, in her initial speech there. So I think they just pivot and said, well, this is a way to have a larger debate about. Uh, you know, making our communities safe. So they always want to, as you know, try to tag that gun safety component to the deprivation of, of our liberties, which is just a non- starter with me. You can make your community safer by making sure your folks can be able to defend themselves. I'm a sheriff that tells my citizens, we have a very good response time in this county. And I look at my response times. I'm sure John does, too. Uh, And some of them are two and three minutes and and four minutes in some parts of our county. And that's a really good response time. It is. Guess what? If you're if you're in your bedroom and somebody's coming through the window four minutes, might as well be four hours to you. So that's what she's saying to the citizens of New Mexico.
0: Yeah. Fascinating stuff. I, I believe this to be a watershed moment. And I'd like your thoughts on that for this reason. You see Governor Hackel in New York. You see Murphy we will pick on New Jersey because of our, our new affiliate in New Jersey infringing on the rights of their citizens by going after law abiding citizens. This has been our argument for 15 years on this show. They're simply attacking the rights of law abiding people. Well, that was put on full display here. And a lot of powerful Democrats agreed with us on that. Now, Hockle's doing the same thing. Murphy's doing the same thing with all these sensitive places. It's the same thing. Didn't these sheriffs and the lack of response from the media, didn't that send a message that, hey, your argument has failed?
2: Well, that argument and, and, and this, you know, sanctuary city stuff, we're now seeing the Democrats turn right. around and get at to get at the podium and pound on the podium and say, you know, you've got to do something about this. So it's gotten so bad, Mark, that, that they have finally realized their cities are, are going to crumble, whether it's crime uh, or whether it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of illegal aliens moving into their Uh, into their cities so you know it's it's a shame that it had to to get to this but i'd say i think it was you can correct me if i'm wrong i think it was the national association for gun rights that and, and a couple of citizens there that actually filed the suit that got this public order put on hold by judge urias but i tell you if i was the attorney for that citizen who's bringing this lawsuit, and everybody likes to cite to hundreds of cases in their briefs, and I like to read them, 90-plus pages, the last couple cases coming out of the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. I would type on one page the word Bruin, and I would sign my name to it and just submit it. It's Bruin, right? This is what happened in Bruin is they said, well, you, you can't carry your gun from point A to point B, or you can't have it in your car, or you can't be mobile with your firearm. We've decided this in Bruin. And, and here we are with a governor of a state basically saying, you're not going to conceal carry, you're not going to open carry, although New Mexico is an open carry state, right on the heels of Bruin. When are these politicians going to learn? And you're know, all this discussion globally about impeachment, uh, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whatever, to me – this is an impeachable offense when you knowingly Bet. and willfully sign an executive order and use the power of of your office to deprive citizens of something enumerated in the bill of rights to me should be uh impeachable without question now, i don't know whether the the politicians and, and the folks in, in new mexico uh, are going to bring that but you can you can certainly see when that no, order was signed there were dozens of folks outside of her office when she signed that protest. Yeah, I tell you,
0: I tell you what I would have liked to have seen, Sheriff. Let me thank you in advance now for being here. Thank you very much for your insight, your wit, and your wisdom. We always enjoy talking with you. I would have liked to have seen Sheriff John Allen turn around and see Governor. Put your hands behind your back, please. But that's just me, Sheriff Kurt Hoffman from Sarasota County, Florida. thats I don't think it's just me because we did talk about it on the show. That's what I would have liked to have seen, far more than just an impeachable offense. Sheriff Kurt Hoffman, Sarasota County, Florida, thank you, brother, for everything that you do. Boy, I'll tell you, use those of you listening on 930 a.m. in Sarasota, a.m. 860 in the Tampa Bay Area, you got a good one. Keep electing him. Good heavens, I wish you were sheriff everywhere. And John Allen, man, oh man! When we come back, Dr. John Lot and Congressional Candidate Craig DeLuz, don't go away. We'll be back at six minutes after on the flip side.
1: You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X Insurance. X Insurance on the Armed American Radio Network.